Hi guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Julio. Um, he's actually from Mozambique, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Max. I'm super excited to be here today. As you mentioned, my name is Julio. I'm from Mozambique, a country in Southeast Africa. And so I'm here representing all of African people out there, and super happy to be here today. Awesome, awesome. So uh, why don't we jump into uh, why don't we jump into a little bit about like your yourself and who you are and uh, you're an entrepreneur. Um, so why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about that and your story, how how you actually became an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, so I. My entire life, I remember um, doing something to get money. Uh, I remember when I was a child, I used to babysit my nephews and nieces and charge my siblings for it. <laughs> so I was always, uh, I, I was always uh, looking for ways to be independent. You know, I, I didn't enjoy going to ask my, my, my family um, for money to do my things, even if it was uh, to just buy sweets. Right, so it really started from a very young age. Um, from there, I, the first business that I created, I was in university, and uh, I did university in a small town in Mozambique. Just uh, to give you an idea, um, the people there are still very much closed in into uh, you know hierarchy. Uh, they're not feeling comfortable on sharing their ideas. Um, their image of teacher or leader is that you no know, this kind of godlike personality that knows everything. Um, so one thing that um, my co-founder at the time wanted to do, he just wanted to find a way to make money because we were university students, right? We wanted to make money. And we were starting to worry about um, the market employment, you know, the job employment uh, situation. Um, we knew that we, not every single one of us who had a job and we kind of um, had to find a way to survive. I, I have all the educational background. My entire life I've been, you know, um, helping students to, you know, get better grades. Um, and he has all the business background. So we decided to found this technical vocational um, training program. And it was, really, it was really fun. I remember thinking that it would be just easy, you know, just share technical skills like marketing, HR, basic stuff. But the first day I got into the classroom, I realized that people were just not ready to talk, right? They were just expecting me to sit there like a god and say, this is how you should do things. While in my mind, I wanted to have a conversation. To me, learning should be a funny experience um, and not necessarily something bored, right? Something boring. And I realized that I had to first work in the person and then start, you know, delivering all these technical skills. Um, from that... The business started to grow. Uh, we were in a point where I had to train other trainers to deliver the training and I was much in a management position. But I remember thinking that, wow, when you're running your own business, you call in the shots, you're your own boss, right? And I remember feeling that I wasn't making the best decisions I could make. There was this feeling of something else being out there um, that I just had to get my hands on. So I decided to look for a job where I could have a leadership support me um, and help me grow. And I will just manage the business after works and during the weekends. And the majority of my, uh, of my shares, I end up selling it to my co-founder. And then I started to focus on my career. And for me, having a career is also um, in some way being an entrepreneur. I really believe that every single employee should 
see their career as a business because you do have a client your boss your leadership is uh, is your client you still have a war uh, co-workers sometimes you're managing a team so you're doing the exact same things um with a much less uh, level of risk as if you are doing your own business so that's how i always manage my career and it was in last year i was really feeling drawn to do something more um than what i was doing um I was working in a company that worked with entrepreneurship and innovation. Uh, we will run incubation programs, support entrepreneurs, and it was very much entrepreneurial driven, always working both with people and on their business model. Um, but I was still missing doing more of kind of talks, um, speaking engagements, and especially working with people to build better careers. So I decided to create my own company um, that so in my opinion, it's my third company now, Sharing Knowledge International, where we focus um, on enabling people to tap into their purpose, understanding how powerful we all are in the end of the day, uh, but also owning that power. Because one thing is remind, you know, remembering that we are powerful. And the other, completely different, is you showing up every single day as an amazing, powerful person and then enabling other people to do that as well. So we do that um, through um, coaching and in terms of business coaching, um, career counseling, and also success coaching. So you can have a more fulfilling life and not just having an amazing work or an amazing uh, business and then your life is all upside down. <laughs> that's okay, okay, yeah. That, 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 that's actually really interesting. So um, what made you, so I, I sort of see a trend that you, you sort of switch from like, uh, you know, the, you're very like uh, people-oriented from your first sort of job looking after you yeah. and stuff to uh, your new businesses. Uh, that you really focus on, you know, developing people and like, you know, teaching people and having sort of a teacher role. Uh, what made you sort of want to go down that route instead of going into like, um, maybe into a more of like a product line or a goods sort of side of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so funny story. Um, my mother was a teacher and I grew up surrounded by books and, you know, just sharing knowledge. And I remember she always saying that knowledge is the one thing no one can take, a, take away from you. People can steal your house, they can steal your car, they might even kill your family, but what you know, it's yours forever. Um, so I believe that was um, one of the big reasons why I'm so you know, knowledge driven and so people driven. But when I was um, in college and about to uh, choose a degree, uh, to pursue university, I remember thinking that people are just so complicated, man. People are really complicated. We have all of our issues. We not always tell the truth. Um, and it was just a mess for me. So I decided to do agricultural engineering because plants and animals are simple. As long as you fed them, you take good care of them, <laughs> they will answer back to you, right? <laughs> so yeah. I did that. Uh, pretty soon I realized that there is no way to get in away from people. If you want to work, even in agriculture, you're still going to work with people, right? And the funny story was when we were, I was working, I was doing an internship in the biggest um, fruits and vegetables sporting company here in Mozambique. And we were looking with a lot of seasonal people. And the funny thing was, if you pay their salaries on a Monday, they wouldn't show up for work the entire week until the money was all over. That's when they will come back to make more money. And if you like discount the days that they missed their job, they'll be confused on, you know, why are you discounting me? I was just enjoying my money. So it really, you have to work with people regardless. At the end of the day, we are the ones who create the system that we live by. 
So if we want to have better lives, uh, enjoy systems who are more efficient, we have to ensure that the people behind those systems are ready, right? It's like having a Ferrari, but you don't know what to drive. Yeah. That won't work. So you need yeah. to prepare both, right? The in the car to make things work. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're in Mozambique. That, that must be like, uh, you know, entrepreneurship in the US or Canada or the UK is, you know, uh, I, I believe it to be a lot easier than probably from maybe somewhere in your location, right? Um, just because of the resources that you have access yeah, to. So, so do yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, cause that, that like, I, I'm always really amazed by, um, you know, people that come from uh, different parts of the world and, and they go through entrepreneurship and they grow these companies. And it's like, you know, compared to Canada or us where entrepreneurship is so easy because there's so much, um, there's so much access to like mentors and money and all these other resources, which, you know, might be a little bit harder to find in different locations of the world. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. Um, I will say it's a different environment. I've been traveling around, um, you know, to several African countries. I've been into Europe and also Asia. And I have clients from the US and Canada. So it's, I found that it's always different. But in the same way, the challenges are still the same. Or at least the big picture is still the same. At the end of the day, you want to have clients. You want to have a good relationship with your stakeholders. You want to make money. You want to be happy doing what you do thing here in Mozambique is that um, you know, we became independent just 45 years ago. So there's still a lot of things we have to keep up, right? Um, from, for instance, you know, the whole legal system is still pretty much based on you know, big companies or medium-sized companies. It's not the reality here. Um, or really those small type of uh, freelancing stuff or small businesses. But there's still a lot on our legislation that has to um, kind of like be updated to the current um, environments. I'm pretty happy that at least uh, the government is starting to become aware of those things. So for instance, in subjects like um, the FinTechs, where uh, for like the longest time, we didn't even have a legislation to have a tax operating in Mozambique. And still a lot of the banks face many challenges to make sure that their products are um, you know, regulated and legal. But one thing that was uh, nice is that they kind of decided to create this sandbox initiative to work with fintechs and understand what type of legislation um, would be best to support them. So yeah, we still have few, a lot of challenges to, uh, to be honest, but we are still working on that. And I'm also loving the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs are starting to realize that, you know, instead of waiting for the government or some external body to come in and help us, uh, it's really up to us to make the difference and work with the best things that we have. And one thing that's really different from the U.S. is the type of businesses that we have and how I will, I, I'm not necessarily how easy it is to make money here, but it's different. Does it make sense? I yeah. believe that in the U.S. we have to focus in terms of customer experience because people really care about that and they have a lot of options, right? Well, yeah. here, um, it's more about the need that you are answering and not necessarily unfortunately not necessarily focusing on a customer experience per se but ensuring that at least those basic needs are being answered so that's a, a huge difference um, okay. but yeah we both have challenges um also in terms of funding we don't have um you know a legal framework for business angels to operate for instance um, but still we have many more awards and those kind of like lost funding schemes than in the u.s so yeah, we we are kind of like managing things out. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. 
So uh, is is entrepreneur is like entrepreneur because like in the, just from my experience from Canada and the U.S. You know, like entrepreneurship is sort of coming to the forefront. There's like a lot of school, like I have like high schools are teaching entrepreneurship. Universities are starting to universities and colleges are teaching entrepreneurship. Uh, and it's sort of like we're coming to this because if people are having access to, you know, Google and YouTube and they're able to train themselves, we're coming to this sort of age of where people, a lot of people are starting to go down the route of starting their own business and trying to do something, uh, trying to create their own thing instead of, let's say, going to work for a company or something. So is, is that sort of the same in Mozambique where uh, a lot of people are trying to, you know, go into entrepreneurship or is it more sort of people are still going towards uh, working for these bigger companies, corporations? There is definitely a shift happening. Um, Mozambique used to be a social country and then a communist country. And we're just a few years, uh, just a generation that's when you transition to capitalism. So for the longest time, people were used to uh, the government providing everything from jobs uh, to products, really everything. And all of a sudden, the market is open, but people really didn't know how to do and how to operate in a market. Um, but then with the youngest generation that also has access with it to internet, um, to do amazing contact, people are more uh, looking to have a business. But the imbalance that happens is that usually their families doesn't support that, right? Because if you go to say to your parent here in Mozambique, well, I wanna be an entrepreneur, they're going to be like, really? That's what you want to do with all the investment that we did for you? Like, I didn't went to university. You went to university and you want to be an entrepreneur? Are you crazy? But most of the time, they're not coming from a place of hate. It's really from a place of love. In most of um, the older generation mind, being an entrepreneur was something that you will do in order to survive and not necessarily to thrive, right? And most of, uh, you know, the older generation of entrepreneurs they didn't even consider themselves entrepreneurs. They're providers, right? They're just doing it to give a living to their families, right? So there is that happening. Um, in terms of our educational system, we are still very far behind from being updated um, to really what entrepreneurship means, right? A lot of uh, organizations that they kind of say they support entrepreneurship, they're all about business plans and all those economic theories and not very much on practical stuff. I'm, I'm really blessed um, to be working on organizations, uh, they really understand what entrepreneurship is and, you know, are very updated with um, the worldwide knowledge about entrepreneurship. But yeah, the change is happening. People are getting more access to it. And I believe it's going to be a process, right? It's not something that's going to shift, um, you know, from one day to the other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's crazy that yeah, you guys got independence 45 years ago. That's yeah. that, that, that's that's crazy to think about and come from uh, so were, were, were you a communist so before you switched to like a capitalism were you, so were you a communist you were a communist country uh, so what happened is during the independence Mozambique got support from um, the Sovietics uh, and they were socialists and a bit of support of China with their communists so yeah. there was this period where we were in between you know we were trying to be socialist, but there were some communist stuff going on until we finally came out to, to capitalism, right? So that has, um, and also the way that we handled the whole colonization process was built different from other, even other African countries. Uh, to give you an idea, there was this, um, this law that everyone there was non-Mozambican should leave the country in like 48 hours, like literally. So all of the sudden from, you know, two, 
from really like from one day to the other there were no doctors no professors no, no skilled people enough skilled people to kind of like run the country and literally of what uh, the older generations did was not just to be in the forefront and do the next right thing for the next generation right so you had um eight grade graduates giving lessons for four grade graduates or sometimes even seven grade graduates right so that the system could kind of like pick up and grow so yeah we come from a story of challenges and struggle and surprisingly enough we're still here and we're still growing and developing there's still a lot of room to grow but at least we are growing so i'm very happy for that yeah yeah that, that, that does sound awesome i'm happy for i'm happy for you guys as well that you know you're growing and you're continuing to go further that's awesome so um so w- w- let's jump back to the company and, and, and you were doing a lot of teaching. Um, so are, are, are you still, are you still running that or are you working at, uh, are you working at a, uh, are you working at a corporation or um, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out what, which. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, sometimes even myself, I get a little like, I forget what I meant right now, but the thing <laughs> is I took a sabbatical from work. Uh, so last year for me, was very crazy. So I was managing this incubation program, amazing incubation program, one of the first ones in Mozambique, a leading top tier incubation program. Um, uh, my career was kind of like progressing where I was receiving even more and more responsibility. We were discussing, um, discussing expanding the program to other provinces in the country. And I also decided to kind of like focus on myself and really reconnect with who I am and my mission and my vision. Um, I traveled a lot. I was in Malaysia, in Bahrain, I, it was all over the place. And I also won a lot of, of awards last year. So in Malaysia, I won the most outstanding delegate at Global Goals Model United Nations. In June, I received the Diana Award from the UK. It's one of the most prestigious accolades a young person can receive um, if they are from 9 to 25 years old. And in October, I was awarded the most outstanding delegate, or better said, uh, one of the 100 most influential young Africans. So that's wow. a huge honor. We have like yeah. almost million young people here and you'll be one of the hundred and one of the top 10 for social business and philanthropy. Congratulations, that's, that, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm still like adjusting to it um, still. Um, but yeah, it was really awesome. But because I was so, not necessarily burned out, but of my work, I was doing a lot. Uh, my health kind of like went down the hill. So. Uh, I took uh, 2020 as a year for me to reconnect with myself and kind of work on what I'm, you know, on who I want to be in the next uh, few years. So I took a sabbatical from my corporate um, job and I started to focus on my own business because they would kind of like give me the freedom to do things uh, at my own uh, pace. So I'm not running, I don't have deadlines, or rather said, I am the one subject to those deadlines, right? So it's much easier in my strong field. Um, and my business is basically online. So I don't have to travel. And with the current situation um, that we are in, we're not available to travel anyway, but I can still have access to the internet, right? So I have clients from all over the world, um, from people who are just wanting to start their business or people who are already in business, um, people who want to advance in their careers. Um, I'm doing a lot of partnerships. I'm also in the process of writing a book um, to speak about rejection. That's something that I feel, you know, everyone is teaching us how to say no, right? Everyone says, you should say no and no explain it. No, it's a full sentence. But then who is preparing us to receive all of those no's, right? 
instead of uh, us creating, you know, walls and being secluded in a shelf so that no nothing can, you know, reach us and build the stuff skin, uh, why shouldn't us? Why shouldn't we learn and you know to embrace the rejection and follow a path that is more right for ours? So that's what I'm doing. Okay, awesome, lately. awesome. So, so you you have uh, so are, have you finished the book or are you are you just uh, are you writing it right now? I'm writing it right now, and I'm really like pushing it forward so it can be available at least for pre-order. I'm I'm receiving okay. a lot of questions around it, um, but so far I'm only be able to deliver this uh, knowledge via my one-on-one sessions in the trainings that I do. Okay, okay, yeah, that, 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 that's really interesting and awesome. Wow, that, how 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 old are you right now? <laughs> Everyone asks me that. I'm 25 years old. I'm gonna. I'll be 26 in October. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, funny fact. Uh, with my friends, I usually tell them I forget that I'm this young. Only when things go really rough, that's when I go like, "Life, I'm only 25." <laughs> I told them, right? But when things are going amazing, okay, I completely forgot that I'm 25, and I believe that. Really, age is really a number. Of course, there are things that come with experience and with time, um, but we shouldn't be limited by our age or by our gender or by race or any of that. Okay, yeah. So, so, so what drives you? Like, you know, um, I, I've had quite a few, because uh, I've just started this podcast recently and I've, um, you know, I've done a couple, ep- uh, couple podcasts with it and I've interviewed uh, quite a few young, uh, young entrepreneurs in Canada. Uh, and I'm always interested to see like these guys that are uh, guys and girls that are young and see like, uh, you know, what, what sort of drives them forward and what makes them do all this stuff at a young age where a lot of people are like, you know, I'll, you know, maybe I'll do that when I'm like 30 or 45, you know, I'll start my own thing. Um, but that, that, that's incredible that at 25, you have all these accomplishments and you know, yeah. you've, only been, you've only been on this world for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more. wow. Um, the main thing they will that drives me is really power. Not necessarily, um, no, I'm not starving for power, but I do believe that every single one of us, we are super, we have like, we have superpower. We are powerful beyond measure. And most of the times we just forget about it, right? Or we just give our, our power away um, to people, to systems without even thinking about it. But if you kind of like remember how powerful you are and you are supported and challenged to step into their power, you realize that life is not happening to you. There's no one to blame, but you are responsible for your life. Um, And also something that really influenced me to kind of come up with a vision was that uh, I grew up with a single parent. My mother was the provider of, uh, of our family and we used to live in a suburban area back in the north of Mozambique in Nampula, the city where I grew up. But I will study on a private school and I will come home to us to the suburbs. And it was always interesting to see how different those worlds were, right? I had my kind of like fancy friends from school with had access, you know, to mobile phones, TV cable, all that good 90s stuff. And then I will come home and have friends who had both parents, but wouldn't have access to half of the things that I had. And really understanding that really is just how people deal with their own power and how much they're willing to go, right? Because stepping into, into our, how, and our power is not something that is easy because it comes a great responsibility with it as well. And we have to really be uh, centered in who you are and what's your mission, um, you know, to kind of like push through all the challenges that will come along the way. 
So seeing people stepping into their own power and enabling others to do the same, we are not fighting for more power when we are all about empowering others. That's what makes me wake up every single day. Okay, yeah. So so, so that's sort of um, that's sort of like a, do you know Tony Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 that's sort of the same <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he's got some, uh, he has a lot of value, like for like all the stuff he's done and all the information he gives out. So are, are you sort of wanting to do sort of the same thing of like, you know, empowering people to sort of believe in themselves and, you know, chase their dreams and chase what they want to do in life? Yes, of course. And definitely give them the strategies to do so, right? I do believe that personal growth and development per se is... Uh, you know, a 80-20 a game. It's 80% all the entire, you know, the entire universe, you're in, you know, your relationship with yourself. And 20% is really what you do here in the 3D physical world, right? What happens usually is that you're not in touch with who we are, right? We rarely think about, you know, who I am. Not my job title, not um, my kids, who I am as a person, first and foremost. And then, you know, what do I like to do? What do I feel my mission is? What the legacy uh, that I want to live in this world is, right? We often don't think about those questions. And when, usually when we think about those, we forget to implement them on a daily basis. So they just become, you know, dreams and kind of like illusions that we had instead of something that guides us every single day. Okay. So yeah, those are yeah. my, my mission and my mission here. That's awesome. So uh, what, I, I, I sort of want to talk about a bit of... Uh, because you're 25 and you've done a lot of you know you've done a lot of incredible <laughs> things. Um, yeah. let, let and to you know let's say uh, somebody else who's maybe like 18, 19, or 20 thinks like, wow, this guy's like this guy's playing on another level. But you know, you started <laughs> you started from somewhere, right? And you worked yeah. your way up, and you must have had a lot of failures throughout the way um, when you were climbing climbing that mountain. You still are climbing the mountain. Uh, so what some of those failures, do you want to talk about some of those failures and sort of how did you oh, overcome yeah. those and sort of, you know, get back into the game and get back to, you know, climbing that mountain? Yeah, of course. Um, the thing with failure, I think that failure is just the price that sometimes you pay for having access to, you know, a knowledge or something that you are looking for. You know, I do believe that everything in life has a price. Uh, sometimes we are okay with that price, sometimes you're not, right? But it's always, there's always a price. It's kind of like a shadow, right? The shadow is a price that you pay for sending on the light, right? <laughs> it, it's non-negotiable. You have to pay that price. Um, so the same thing with failure. So I always saw failure in my life as a price. Eventually, I'll, have to, I'll fail. So I'm much more interested in learning from those failures and, you know, and just not let it just be something that happened to me and just um, make me go back. One of the failures that really impacted me was when I was just stepping into the role of this uh, managing this incubator. And it was the first event, that, it was a pre-launch event. So this was an event that will kind of like set the tone and vibe of what this incubator will be in, in the entire country. And I was, you know, I already had an experience um, being a project manager, but never a program manager, where we have multiple projects, you know, happening at the same time. And we were organizing this event in university. I had trained student ambassadors and it was just the day of the event. And one of the things that we wanted to give people um, they will attend the event was stickers. And I had my plan, you know, I will finish some website stuff. I will go to pick up the, the stickers and I will go to the event. 
but there was a huge bug with the website. I got late. I completely forgot to tell people that I was late and I will need help. I was like, no, I got this. You know, eventually I will sort these things out. And then I don't know where exactly, but I, I, got, I came up with a, a plan B. The plan B will be, I'll ask my boss, my leadership, to go with me to get the stickers and go right to the event. But I never talked that to her. It was just in my mind. Okay, so yeah. I remember the event was 3 p.m. And it was like 15 minutes to 3 p.m. And my boss looks at me and says, hey, don't you have an event to be at? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, oh, and she was like, you are so messy. You know, she could like scream. She could like, there was the perfect moment, you know, like for me to screw up my career. But she was so compassionate and, you know, she didn't scream or anything. She was like, really just like that, just stating the obvious. You're so messy. And she just closes off her laptop and she said, let's go. And I was just thinking, oh my God, I just made one of the most like important persons in this company, a person that, you know, she's not just about, you know, closing her laptop and just run off with this kid that forgot to do his work, right? She's probably canceling her meetings, but she was so nice in the entire trip. She didn't mention it once. And we got there, I managed everything out. And when I came home, I was thinking about it. And I was like, well, what a great lesson. You know, if I had just asked for help, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm weak or, or anything. Asking for help is really a sign of strength and a self-awareness because you know you won't be able to deliver it by yourself. And also what I love about this story is that it not only showed me, you know, what I was doing wrong, but how can I do better the next time? And as a leader, I always consider that um, when I'm working with either interns or my own team, to really try to understand the other person and always think of the outcome. Because if, you know, let's say she was screaming at me or, you know, calling me those names, I would, wouldn't probably, you know, be able to deliver the event the way I did, right? Because I would be stressed out and stuff. So she was really mindful um, about the results she was looking for. So if you look uh, to every single failure in your life, you always find a lesson. And sometimes the lesson is not necessarily about yourself, but how others treat you. That kind of like open your eyes to how you should be treating others as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that is actually a great lesson. And that, that she sounds like a great leader for not, uh, you know, not losing, losing her head and freaking out. And just because, you know, like, yeah, as a person, like you already know you messed up, right? And then when somebody else puts yeah. more pressure onto you, you're just, that doesn't really <laughs> help the situation at all. Not at all. It's super <laughs> counterproductive. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, why you said, one of the things that really allowed me to deliver so much impact as I have is always having great mentors, right? It's something that I advise every single young person out there to find a mentor. Actually, um, yeah. Let's, sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Let's actually talk, to the, talk about that. So in the... How did you find mentors in your sort of country and in your, cause there, there's probably people from different locations of the countries where finding, you know, a mentor or getting at, like getting first connected to that mentor is very hard to do, you know, uh, you know, getting access to that mentor and having a conversation or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so how did you actually uh, find your mentors and build that relationship with them? Well, I have a kind of different approach on mentorship. I, first of all, I don't look I don't believe that there is anyone in the world that has a life like I want to have, right? I believe that my life is unique to me. So what I do is that I divide my life in areas. Uh, there are plenty of tools out there that you can look at, like the Wheel of Life or the Life Book. I developed my own. I call it 
circle of life, uh, where we have all those 12 areas of your life, from your relationship, your career, your finances, um, your spirituality, your health, all those areas. And then I pick up mentors for each one of those areas. And let's say, for instance, in my career uh, area, right? I always pick three mentors or three, or three levels of mentorship. One is the aspirational mentor, like Tony Robbins, right? It's really my end goal is to be that in my career. But then I always choose a reachable uh, mentor, someone that I can relate, someone that I can just grab my phone and call the person and have my, my kind of like my issue uh, resolved or at least, um, you know, have some insights on how can I uh, solve this problem. Yeah. And then I always look for someone that wants to kind of like be where I am right now so that I can give back and also learn from that. This is really helpful um, to kind of like balance, you know, your confidence with your, for you being humble as well. And it also gives you, um, you know, chance to be updated of what's going on because you're always connected with the next generation. And if you're struggling to find the person, there are so many different ways that someone can be a mentor. Like for instance, Oprah is one of my mentors, but I never met her. But I follow all of her social media accounts. That's free. You know, I watch Super Soul Sunday every Sunday. That's free. So really, if you just use the internet to get in touch with these people, you'll find amazing content. Tony Robbins shares a lot of content for free that you don't have to pay, right? So that's my first advice. Don't necessarily try to for paid programs if you don't have the resources right now. Um, but you can always follow people on social media. That's one. And two, I would highly advise you to look for this relatable mentor, someone that is just a few steps ahead of you that can help you kind of like climb the mountain. And even if it is a paid program or not, it's really investing in yourself, right? It doesn't have to be with me, uh, but just go with someone that you can resonate with. That's very important. So you don't make unnecessary mistakes. Failures are important, right? But you don't have to make failures just for the sake of making them. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that it's really somebody's already somebody's already designed the wheel so why create a new wheel <laughs> yeah of course right just grab it tweak it and twist it for you know for you to fit your need and just move forward with your life so yeah i, I actually really like that uh, that three-point system you have for you choose a mentor in like you know the one you want to sort of emulate to in the future and then somebody you can have conversations with uh that you could you're able to connect yeah. with and actually have like ask these questions too and then you have another mentor, which, well, I mean, you're giving back, which, you know, you're creating relationships to the next generation, which is crucial because, you know, the next generation, that person could go off into, you know, a different industry. And later on, you guys could be doing business or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I really like that system. So uh, like what, what, what would be a piece of advice that you have that's helped you the most in your career uh, for getting started and up till now? <laughs> Big question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that question. So many. Uh, first of all, I really don't believe that there is like one pivotal moment in one's life, right? We are all a build up of many things. And there's always an advice that comes in a, in a moment in your life that you really need that advice, right? Uh, one of those advice that I received, it was from my brother. Um, so my brother and I, oh, this specific sibling and I, we have a difference of six years. And by the time I was in university, he was already in his second job and he got a job in a huge corporation, one of the biggest in the world. So for everyone in my family, he was like an example to follow. And I always admired him as a person. 
I remember talking to him and he's, by the way, one of my reachable mentors, right? That I can just grab a phone and ask him something. Uh, sometimes you just have an impactful conversation like that one. And I, I told him, you know what? You are very inspiring to me. You are my example. He looked at me and he was like, dude, follow your own example. You don't know the struggles that I face. You don't know what my passion is, what my purpose is. You have to be your own example. And it was so impactful that, you know, even throughout my entire mentors, I don't believe there is one person that has the life that I want. They might have, let's say, the career that I want, but I don't necessarily agree with how they take their relationship, for instance, right? So be your own example. And that really kind of like pushed me to own my life. You know, I take full responsibility for everything that happens in my life. And that's what gives me the power to change things, right? Instead of uh, blaming other people. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's also some great advice. So what, where, uh, so you're 25, where, where do you sort of see yourself in the next sort of five years at coming up to uh, 3-0, you know, the big 30? Uh, oh, okay, the big 30s. <laughs> <laughs> well, the big 30s. I see myself uh, running more, more than just this business that I'm running right now. I see Sharing Knowledge International really growing up being a reference uh, for where people can reconnect with themselves, discover their power and really make things happen. Um, I see myself having much more of a role to influence big decisions. One thing that I learned is that sometimes you just have to be in the right room to call in the shots, right? I've been in many, in several rooms where people were deciding literally the future of entire communities. Right, so being being able to be in those rooms and represent every single one that might not have a voice at the moment is really important to me, so that I know that um, you know I made a difference. So I'm seeing myself more on those uh, kind of strategic roles where I'm really you know allowing people that are in position of power to connect with people who are still in the pursuit of their own power. Okay. Okay. So, because you, you're pretty active with the U, the UN, right? In your sort of, yeah. in your sort of, in your sort of world right now. Uh, so, are 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 you thinking about doing more activities with the UN or maybe the Mozambique government or something in that area, or are you wanting to focus more on building your company up and building, building that into a global corporate? Well, I believe in both. I believe in doing both. I believe we can have, you know, we can have it all. Definitely building my company is a huge thing, but I also learned that well, even in my own company, there will always be a limited, um, you know, reach that my impact will have, you know, and ensuring, for instance, things like our environment, uh, ensuring that people have access to basic health services. That's something that is outside my scope of work as sharing knowledge international, but something that I'm very interested in. So I will always consider a, a position where I could give advice, where I could really just wake up uh, people about what's going on, right? Uh, because if you just stop to think, there's always something that people are kind of neglecting with what's going on. And there is something with the mainstream media that kind of like draws your attention to one point and makes you completely forget about uh, the other stuff that is also important. As I usually say, you know, don't let today's fight take your eyes of fights that have been going on for years. Um, so yeah, I kind of see myself doing both um, and really bringing more of humanity into those organizations because a lot of those organizations have completely lost themselves somewhere <laughs> and they yeah. just need really someone to kind of like make them remember what they are here for. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's incredible. So um, 
we're we're coming to the end here. Um, so we're so okay. So you you want to focus more on building your company, uh, doing yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that's crazy. You're 25 and you're like you have all these <laughs> amazing goals and you've already accomplished so much. And I, I think you're gonna go really really far. And I, I would like to see like you know in the next five years what what actually happens with your company and the you know the UN and the government. Uh, is there actually any other interests that you have or any hobbies that you have or anything like that? Hobbies, yes. I love playing with my nephews and nieces. <laughs> I'm the bully uncle sometimes. Uh, but yeah, you know, I often, something that usually happens is that when people hear my story or they kind of like get to know me in one of those corporate events, they kind of have this image of someone that doesn't have a life outside of work. But I totally do. Um, it's really just a matter of kind of like balancing your life and learning, you know, and what to focus in given moments in time. Uh, so I do, I play a lot with my nephews and nieces, even though that we are social distancing right now, I still, you know, do face calls with them. I love talking with my friends and really just enjoying the basic things in life. Uh, I really think that the most important things in life, they really, you cannot buy with money, right? Money kind of like buys you time so that you can have time to enjoy those things in life. So I do. I love walking in the beach. I love walking, you know, in the woods, reconnecting with nature watching netflix and chill sometimes it's okay right we're humans um so yeah i'm always looking for things that in some way or the other can still contribute to my health right so walking by the beach watching the sunset those small little things (laughs) that's what makes life the the the, keeping the little things uh you know in your life instead of it, it adds balance to you know you're not just working all the time and you know because uh you know there's sometimes I, I think people they'll, they'll, they'll work their entire you know early years of their life and they're like well you know I didn't have enough balance I didn't have uh enough yeah. like you know between balance balancing the both of them um so that, that, that's awesome that you're doing that so uh are, are, are you gonna be uh, making a podcast or uh, youtube soon or, or do you already have one or <laughs> <laughs> well I love podcasts uh I, I not see yet myself doing one but I definitely see myself participating in more. I've been doing uh, many podcasts this week. I have others scheduled next week. I really believe that I'll be keep doing that. Um, I'm, uh, well, in terms of content that I share, I write articles weekly and I share them on my LinkedIn. Uh, you guys can check it out. Uh, and they're always uh, articles that kind of like focus on reconnecting with who you are and understanding things from within. And then you kind of like go outside and just project those things outside instead of as being a byproduct of our environment uh, is really encouraging people to take uh, back um, their power and kind of like drive to wherever they want to go. Um, but yeah, I also think that we have to find a balance, right? Between uh, being the face and showcasing stuff and really doing the hard work. So I'm also trying to find a nice balance between those things. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, where, where, can, uh, where can people find out more about you and, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, other, like you have a website or anything like that? Yeah, you can find me um, in social media. You can find me in Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter at Julio Muhoro. That's J-U-L-I-O-M-U-H-O-R-R-O. Or you can share, uh, or you can uh, Google for Sharing Knowledge International or in LinkedIn, you'll find me there. Okay, awesome. Well, th- thanks, thanks for coming on the show. It's been awesome speaking to uh, speaking with you. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to actually maybe having you back on the show later on in a couple of years to see, uh, see what's happened and see if you've crushed any more crazy goals. <laughs> <laughs>
Amazing. I'm super grateful to be here with you today and sharing a little bit of my journey with you guys. And for everyone listening, don't be a stranger. Just hit me up. Let's have a conversation. Awesome. Thanks.